0: Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, church. I am so glad to be worshiping with you today from this side of the camera. I'm Colette Krantz with Children's Ministry here at Boone United Methodist Church. And I'm happy to be with Jeff, Pastor Jeff, today. And I want you to know that I'm especially thrilled to be on this side of the camera because I get to be with all of your kids. You might not know that, but they are here with me all around us. Look at this set. All of this was created by your kids. At the end of our godly play, um, during our godly play time together, we have a response time. And in that response time, kids have an opportunity to share through some kind of medium, anything they pick or choose, um, what the Holy Spirit is working with them and what they're sharing with the Holy Spirit in this form and these are all things that they have been doing during godly play so look at this on the altar even um, these this is these are twirling scarves this is when you just are so filled with the holy spirit you've got to dance and twirl those and then of course you can respond with retelling the godly play stories and there are these are this is uh, the holy spirit last uh, week you talked about creation During the Lenten season, as they were preparing for that, they began to put um, flowers in anticipation for uh, the resurrection of Jesus so that they could lift that beautiful cross out into the hall and rejoice that he is risen on that day. So they've created that. Look, Look in the back. This is, this is preschoolers. Do you see with all the colors and the sparkles? This is responding to the creation story, and they were creators creating. Of course, there's going to be lots of stars and sparkles. And behind them, the elementary kids responding in the same way. And on this side, you had them responding to baptism. The, ele- the preschoolers, again... Um, know that in baptism we receive our light. And so do you see everybody receiving their light? Over here, the elementary students responding to the Trinity and what that looks like in that playful uh, manner. So thank you for sharing your kids with me. They're everywhere, and I'm glad to be here on this side of the camera. So, welcome. Now... We are talking about the theology of play. And last week, um, Pastor Jeff introduced us to some of the ideas that theology sort of po- play kind of points to. So God is described as playful, imaginative, and creative. And we're described as being created in the image of God meant to be in a playful relationship before God, smiling, frolicking, delighting in the human race you can see that children exemplify those principles really well. Um, Children capture our imagination, and often they have something to teach us in the process of that. At Boone United Methodist Church, we're all about next generation now, and it's not prepping them for the future. It's about right now. They're teaching us. They're leading the way. So um, Jeff is going to present um, our scripture lesson for the day. And um, in there, children are going to take a central role. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I'm so glad that you pointed out the, the ways that our kids are present here with us even today. Yeah. Um, and I just want to add to that that we're, as we progress through this, through the sermon this morning, through the message this morning, you are also going to have a chance to respond in a similar way to the message that we hear. And so we'll, we'll say more about that a little bit later, um, but just be ready, uh, be ready to do something is another one of our values. As it were. <laughs> um, but this message this morning comes based on the, the scripture from Mark chapter 10 verses 13 through 16. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible Translation. Hear this word. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child... Will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. I love that word from Scripture, and I think it captures again just the idea of how much children intuitively know that God wants us to be with Him. God wants us to be in Jesus' presence, and so I'm just curious: what is it that I, what's, what stands out to you about the passages that we just read?
0: Well, that word blessing, that they're coming for that blessing, uh, means something to me as well. Um, But I'm also thinking about it in terms of the parents bringing, well, it says people, and I'm assuming that's their adults, that here they've got this child in their hands that they adore and love beyond anything they can imagine, and they want for that child the best. They're a little shaky about what the world has to offer (laughs) and want to be in protection for them in that way too. But so here they're bringing those children for a blessing, for that peace that only uh, Jesus can provide.
1: Right. And yet, who gets in the way? It's, it's the <laughs> disciples, right? Like, the ones who of anyone who, who should know what it's like to be in the presence of Jesus and know what enjoyment and what fulfillment and what blessing right. that brings right. to be in Jesus' presence. They're the ones who are like, whoa, 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 hey, hang on, hang on, let's, uh, let's just stay back. Like, we don't, Jesus doesn't have time for this. He's got important work to do. Like, whatever it was, they were, they were the ones who were saying, no, 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 stop, let's keep away. <laughs> so... I, I
0: kind of am a visual person with scripture, and I brought um, a painting. Do you care if we put yeah, that yeah. up? Yeah, that. So, put that up. Okay. So, this is kind of interesting, because this is, came from um, the Expressionist artist in the 1900s, um, but they were just starting to do that, and it's an oil painting, but they were doing that um, distortion uh, technique. So you kind of distort the images and it it accentuizes, accentuizes, you know, what you're trying to point to. And look, look at the light of Christ just beaming in the face of those children, pouring out of Jesus, like radiating back almost from their faces is how that looks to me. But then I also see your disciples.
1: They don't seem to have as much light on them. No. <laughs> they're not looking. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like you look at the painting and the thing that stands out, like the, the right side is, is bright and lit up and beautiful. Like you said, radiating the light of Jesus. Yeah. The, the, Jesus has his back to the disciples. Yeah, exactly. the painting, First of all. <laughs> He's right? turned away from them. But secondly, yeah, they're, they're in darkness. They're, they're not uh, reflecting anything uh, other than the darkness. Um, and they have an entirely different posture about yeah. what it means to receive a blessing from Jesus, what it means to uh, to be in Jesus' presence, what it means to enjoy uh, yeah. and to play. Um, I think I-, I like one of the other things that... Uh, that I like about this passage, in, in particular, um, talking about just receiving God's kingdom like a child. Um, and, and the translation that we read was from from the uh, from the Common English Bible. Instead of saying "receiving God's God's kingdom like a child," they said uh, "welcome God's kingdom." And there's a, there's a subtle difference there between receiving and, and welcoming. But I think it's important. I think it's an important distinction, right? If you're just receiving something, there's almost a passive. Quality about that, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna receive this gift. Thank you very much. Um, but welcoming is entirely different. Huh. Like, it's it's an open posture. It's a it's a celebration. It's it's joyful. It's uh, welcome. Come in. Like, there's a, hospi- a hospitality to that. There's a. Um, it, it's more than just a passive act. Yeah. Right. And and that's the way that children receive God. That's the way that children welcome yeah. Jesus. Right. It's just that there's a joy about being. In, in God's presence, um, and about about being near someone who who loves them dearly,
0: right? That's how I feel about that too. It's um, it's as though they don't have to justify anything; hmm. they just can open themselves completely up and receive that gift, um, that blessing that was just offered to them. Yeah. And they don't have to they don't have to make themselves um, figure out whether they were worth that. I think adults sometimes do that a lot, like. Um, If we're gifted or something, we sit sit around and think, wow, that was really cool. Well, you know what? I I did deserve that because I was pretty good at that. And, you know, or we worry that we weren't worthy of something that we received. Mm. So that sort of pure childlike faith that just goes for Jesus and loves Jesus and isn't worried about justifying is beautiful.
1: Or also worried about, like, what are, what are the rules here of engagement, right? Oh, like, kids, yeah. they, they don't care about that. They're yeah. just happy, right? They want to be in the presence of that yeah. that love. Um, whereas the adults we see in the story, or at least the disciples that we see in the story are like, wait a second, I don't know if this is the right time. Jesus has got things to do. Um, hold on. And, and keeping them back, and I know that for me, I... I feel that sometimes, even in church, believe it or not, when my kids are loud or I, whatever, I'm like, "Hey, hey, come on, sit, like, sit down." Like, we're in church, we're in the front row, for goodness' sake. Um, so, there's this. Is that this,
0: why you have me take them out? <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: No, but there's like adults and children receive God's kingdom differently, and and I think, like I said, my my inclination toward um, toward toward calm and and quiet and control and peace i think is mirrored in the disciples response here and Mm. and being like hang on hang on just wait a second jesus has got things to do like and jesus on the other hand is like no no no, this is why i'm here (laughs) like i'm here to bless like please let me let me hug let me let me be with these children like this is part of my ministry they're showing us what it's like to be in god's kingdom that i'm that i'm in the process of bringing
0: and then further and this is what you need
1: to be like yes Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So we don't enter the kingdom of God based on how much knowledge that we possess or our beliefs or or how we're worthy to enter. Yeah. Um, just like we're not saved by our actions.
1: Yeah. And, or, and I think I, that's a really great point, because if you read this story in the context of, of the other stories that the gospel is telling, um, the, the one right before it is about rules about, uh, rules about divorce. The one right after it is about the rich young ruler and how do I enter the kingdom? Of, so, it, so there's, there's yeah. all this talk about like what is, what is the right way and how am I supposed to, whatever. Like what are the rules supposed to look like? How do I enter God's kingdom? And in the middle, you've got this beautiful picture of... <laughs> You enter it because of me, Jesus. Like, that's how you enter it. You enter it because of the joy, because of the grace, because of the love. It's not because of anything that you're doing. It's not the knowledge. It's not the getting everything just right.
0: It's this enormous, this huge anguish of love that God feels for us and is reaching to us and pulling us, pulling us to his knee, to his lap, to give us a blessing. To
1: bless, exactly.
0: In this um, kind of a playful, wonderful, loving, free Way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have, I know we have a story this morning about the sort of the origins of, of godly play. And it's, it's because of that. It's because children and adults learn differently. And uh, there was somebody who was studying about child education and how do we teach kids. And uh, so tell us, tell us some about that story and how godly, godly play became uh, okay. a Okay.
0: I will. So let's see, to start that story, let's take, go back with Jerome Berryman when he was in Mike Shawshaw's position. So he was a student at Princeton Theological Seminary. He was in his own Christian ed class trying to tick off the requirements toward ordination. And as the story goes, the methods that were being taught to him about how you can best teach children how to learn really weren't resonating with him very well. That wasn't how he thought of himself as learning, and he started to realize that he was kind of more in the framework of this new modern kind of theorizing that was going on called theology of play, Mm. and that he was understanding that some of those principles that we've talked about, and there's many more, um, were resonating with him. Well over time in this class, I guess he became so disruptive that his professor kicked him out. He sent him to the dean (laughs) to go be reprimanded. So the dean takes him and brings him back um, to the professor. And the professor ends up assigning him an independent study class and challenges him to write his own approach of Christian education. And that turns out to be a beautiful thing, I think a God moment, because out of that he spends his entire lifetime working out this approach, this Christian educational approach, that can find children, that can place them in the story, and that they can then imagine themselves being part of this glorious opportunity. And he called it Godly Play. And so we're the beneficiaries of that right. today.
1: And that's, our, that's what we base a lot of our, our children's ministry on. When, when, so we're in that moment when yeah. I send my kids down to be downstairs with you. Yeah. This is part of what they're doing, right? This is what they're doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. So essentially, godly play approaches to is based on the recognition that children are created with an innate sense and awareness of the presence of God. It's already there. It doesn't have to be taught. And we've been talking about that. The scripture you presented today reflects that. So what do they need from us adults? What they need is an appropriate language system to build around themselves so that they can begin to understand and speak about the experiences that they're having, so they, they can explore those and so that they can strengthen some of those connections that they and God are making together.
1: So, So in a nutshell... (laughs) and (laughs) excellent so um but the thing about this is it's not just for kids right like this is a way of uh everyone to we use it in our children's ministry but it's a way of teaching stories that allows anyone to to enter into the story and to encounter Jesus in in a way maybe you haven't before and so it's true it's origination when when Jerome Berryman
0: first started um testing out different um, stories and ideas. It was as a chaplain in a a children's ward, Mm -hmm. a children's hospital, okay, with children. But what he started to discover is that even with adults and in mental health facilities, right now there's little take-home um, story packs that I'm going to get the kids to make with me in this in this COVID period. That's something we can do together. And we'll make these because you can take them to adults. Uh, you could take them... Uh, we're in prayer for the Teteros. They would love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can go to adults.
1: And so Rodney's going to speak, Rodney Duke is going to speak a little bit about that, right? Oh, can great. You, you yeah. want to set that up? Not really. Awesome. <laughs> Rodney Duke is going to tell us about the fact that how godly play is, is not just for children. So we have a video from, from Rodney. Um, thank you to Rodney and Jana Duke for their participation in us helping tell the story of how we engage with Jesus in maybe new and exciting ways uh, that, that you haven't experienced before. And so let's go to the video of Rodney now.
2: Good morning. I'd like to uh, emphasize that the Godly Play format is not just for children. It's for the whole family, for adults of any age. Telling the stories about God is precisely how the Bible teaches us. In the church, we sometimes teach by coming up with nice doctrinal statements about God, and we sometimes reduce parables down to platitudes, such as saying, Be a good Samaritan. However, the Bible primarily teaches about God differently. Through narratives. In the Psalms, for example, we hear people tell their stories. I was in need. I cried out to God. God rescued me. Therefore, I know that God hears the voices of those who cry out. Um, Throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, we have stories of people's interactions with God. And those stories have been passed down to us so that we can enter into those stories, so that we can relate to them, so that we can learn about how God enters into relationship with us. Um, rather than being told, you should believe X about God, when we hear the Bible stories, we relate to that. We picture ourselves in the story. And when we're able to do that, the conclusions that we draw are lasting, They're things that we remember. Uh, Janet is going to walk us briefly through uh, the story time of a godly play class. Uh, First, we'll prepare our hearts to dedicate this time to Jesus. Uh, She'll then tell a story, and then she'll ask some wondering questions that pull us into the story that help us to relate to it. After that, in a, a real Sunday school class with children, we would get out all of our art supplies and let them respond to the story by de- depicting something about the story that was important to them, something that they remembered or want to remember. And then that just helps, dries in that, uh, that aspect about the story. Um, in our case this morning, We will close the service soon after the the story, uh, but we'll ask you at home to uh, continue to enter into the story by creating a response and hopefully uh, sharing it with somebody else. Thank you.
0: So this is an opportunity that we have to come to worship together in a godly play way. And if we were together physically in this building, you'd be downstairs and you'd be about ready to enter into the godly space base. You'd be at what we call the threshold. And I would be your doorkeeper. And I would be inviting you into that space where you would be getting ready to go and sit on the circle with all the others that are with us now. A huge circle uh, where Janet will tell the story. But I will ask you, are you ready? And you need to be ready. So what does ready mean? It means that you need to know and prepare yourself that we're going to be doing this for about 15 minutes, a worship period where you should come right up to the screen, you should bring your whole family, and you should ask the Holy Spirit to come into your space, into your life, into your heart, and allow him to work in this worship opportunity so are you ready then let me offer you this blessing may the Holy Spirit come and bless you in this worship today
3: we have a story for you today that's from the Bible board. It's from the Bible but we like to tell it in a different way And before I tell this story, I like to get ready to enter the story. We already got ready with praise music. We prepared our hearts, but I'm going to prepare my heart to tell the story, and I ask you to join with me now. Dear Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, first I'm going to tell you that once there was a man who said such amazing things and did such awesome things that people started to follow him. And they saw him come close to the poor and encourage them. They saw him come close to the sick and heal them. He saw them come close to the children, and he enjoyed them. He came close to the rich and told them some things they needed to hear. And he talked about a kingdom that was not like any kingdom anybody had ever heard of before. So people followed him. And they wondered who he was. One day they asked him. One day he said, I am the light of the world. One day he said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And one day he said, I am the good shepherd. The story we have that good shepherd is called a parable because Jesus told a story to help us understand who he was and what he was about and in our classroom in the godly playroom, we keep parables in gold boxes like this it looks very old and that's because it is a very old story it looks very bright because it's all painted in gold. It's because we treasure it. And we open this story over and over all the time. And every time we open it and enter the story, we might learn something different from it. And that's one reason we tell it over and over again and again and again. I've heard this story a lot of times in my life but it's just kind of like having a birthday present. You never get tired of getting one. And it's fun to open one over and over and over. So let's see what's inside. Let's look. We have green here. There's a lot of green. This is going to be our green grass. We could call it a pasture. Pastures are where animals like to be. Let's see what else we have. Oh, there's something blue. Put that right there so you can see it. Oh, these dark things. I don't really enjoy those. Those are dark and dangerous places in our story. What else do we have? Watch what I'm gonna make with this. Put this down. Let's see. I want it to be really strong, there. This is called a sheet fold. It's where the sheep stay. And so, if we have a sheepfold, we're going to need some sheep. I'm going to put them in the sheepfold. Here they are. And now we need a shepherd. One time, when people told, "Ask Jesus who He was," He said, "I am the Good Shepherd." I know every one of my sheep. I know all their names, even though there are hundreds of them. And they know the sound of my voice. The sheep follow me because they know I will lead them to green pasture so they can eat. And I lead them to the clear, cool water where they can all drink. This water is not the kind that runs real fast that would make sheep afraid that they might fall. It's cool, clear water where they can all drink. Sometimes, the path on the way home has to go through dark and dangerous places The Good Shepherd doesn't leave them in there by themselves. The Good Shepherd Himself goes in there with them and leads them through safely until they all come back home. And the Good Shepherd. Wants to make sure they all get back home safely. So when they're all there, he counts them. One, two, three, four. If One is missing. That's not okay with the good shepherd. He doesn't say, oh, I have most of them. He goes back and he looks all over and doesn't stop until he finds that little lost sheep and he carries it home and brings it to safety. Only then is he happy and he rejoices and he invites his friends to come and rejoice with him because they're all safely back home. Now I have a part of another story to tell you. This is about a different kind of shepherd. This is the ordinary shepherd. The sheep don't really belong to him. He doesn't know their names. The sheep belong to a different owner, and that owner has just paid the ordinary shepherd to watch the sheep. So he doesn't really know them, and the sheep don't really know the sound of his voice. And when he leads them out... They wander all over. They scatter. If a wolf comes, the ordinary shepherd is afraid the wolf might bite him and attack him. So the ordinary shepherd runs away and doesn't come back and leaves the poor sheep alone with the wolf. The good shepherd would never do that. The good shepherd comes between the wolf and the sheep and drives that wolf away until the wolf is far, far away. He, again, he brings all the sheep safely back home. They're together with the Good Shepherd now. Usually after we have a story like this, we like to wonder about it. I want to wonder about it with you. If you like, you can write down your answers on a piece of paper so you can think about it, or you can just have the thoughts in your mind. I'd like to know some of your wondering answers and wondering questions. Let me ask you to think about this one. I wonder what the most important part of this story is. What could the most important part really be? I wonder what part of the story is about you. Are you in this story? Are you here with the cool water? Are you in the dark and dangerous places? Are you in the sheepfold? I wonder if this part's about you. this part I wonder have you ever been close to something like this before have you ever been close to something like the dark and dangerous places What happened? I wonder if you've ever been close to something like this or someone like this. It's important to wonder, it's important to think about these things. It's also important to respond to the story. Sometimes people like to respond by drawing a picture of what the story meant to them. And sometimes people like to respond by writing down words. They might write the word shepherd or good. Sometimes people respond by opening their Bible to read the very words of the Good Shepherd. You could find this story in the book of Luke, chapter 5, if you wanted to respond by reading that. I know some children who have responded by making something out of Legos with this story. There are lots of ways to respond. Some people respond by praying and talking directly to the Good Shepherd. I think what I'll do now is have a closing prayer over this whole story, and then I'll let you respond in the way that you decide to. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are our Good Shepherd Thank you that you guide us and protect us and love us. Thank you that you know our names. We love you, Jesus. Help us to love you more and more. Amen.
0: Well, Jana has just invited us into response time. And I hope that you have some things around you that you might like to use for your response time. I want to let you know that you don't have all the time that you need. You can take this moment now. Sometimes we resump on for 20 minutes or so. You can do that for however long you want to respond. What we're going to do here is I'm going to go ahead and offer our closing benediction over the Good Shepherd story. And then, as you're responding, um, the Crossroads worship team is going to play some meditation music for you. They're going to be singing their worship hymns in the background so that you can listen to that and continue your, your your response times. So, let me offer this to you. May the Good Shepherd, who knows all the sheep by name, lead you to the good green pastures and stay with you through the times of desert. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Blessings to you and your family.